Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and the Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Thank you for carrying on after a week of COVID. Um, man, it was so weird because you do get this crazy fever. Mm-hmm. And you wake up and you're like, what day is it? All these different things. You're having these crazy dreams. And it was weird because in my dream, um, John Fetterman beat Dr. Oz. <clears throat> uh, you want to tell him, David? Uh, that, that that actually did happen. Yes, the cucumber what? in a hoodie is is what? in the halls of, of the what? Senate. Yeah. Oh my goodness! You got to be kidding me. Giving hope for everyone, I guess. Oh right? my goodness! Eagles! Oh yes. my god! Okay, so that that was real. All right. That was so, real. So the whole red wave never happened. That's real. Yes, that's, that's real. real. Okay, now that you guys have digested this for a week, can you tell me? You know, after everything that was going on as far as the Republicans' momentum, and we were hearing tales of, you know, up to 54 seats in the Senate for the GOP and running the table in the House, okay? And it was this red tsunami. What happened? Well, it depends on who you listen to, I suppose. I want your gut reaction. Uh, My gut reaction is they don't know how to play the game as well. The GOP doesn't right now. As far as winning elections Uh, or polling? uh, In terms of early voting, ballot harvesting, I I don't think they've figured it out yet. David? Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think a a lot of it has been whining about uh, what Democrats have done with the election processes and uh, not actually adjusting. Because in states where Republicans did adjust and they tightened up how... Elections were administered. Republicans won because you couldn't just show up at an old folks home and, and collect a bunch of ballots and send them in. It, yeah. I mean, I think all that's true. There is this other part, and maybe it's just me, that you you take a step back and you think about the issues heading into this election. And, you know, we do have open borders. It's getting worse. And we have fentanyl, you know, streaming through. There's a trans revolution going on. Do we need to talk about biological males in female sports anymore? I mean, we see that happening. Uh, the White House weaponizes the Department of Justice and who they're going to go after and who they're not. The CDC lies. We know that. Um the Democrats were the party of COVID lockdowns and what they did to kids. Did people forget about that? You know what? That is that is a great point you bring up because I know just in the elections I followed closely and one I actually voted in, that doesn't that didn't seem to come up at all. No. I mean, it, which was amazing to me because there were so many governors that totally just screwed over their states. It goes on and on. Yeah. Abortion on demand. I mean... One thing after another, the party of racism, everything's racist with the left. I haven't even touched on the economy. Right. No, you've left that out. And that's the only thing they really ran on. And I I mean, you have all these different things. And I understand the Democrats have been a lot better as far as understanding how to win elections. It should have been. It should have been a red tsunami. 
unless we have that many people in America that just want to see it go down the toilet. Do you believe that's part of it? I think it's the 12-game lead in August that you blow. Get, stay away from that for a second, if you don't mind. Do part of the American people want to see this country turn into a socialist freaking country? That's what it seems to me. I mean, there's that, but, you know, in the areas where Democrats did particularly well, what drove the votes tended to be younger, single females. And so the school issue doesn't hit them at all. Nope. You're right. Uh, The economy, generally speaking, I'm not trying to broad brush it, but again, if you're talking about taking a step back and just looking at demographics, Mm -hmm. a lot of the younger single liberals tend to be from families that are fairly well off. So the economy hasn't really hit them that hard. And if you are a female liberal that's poor, the government is your safety net. Right. So you're going to always vote for that. There's so many different issues that need to be addressed to turn the whole thing around. But as you sit there for a week and just have more and more time to think about it without getting back into sort of the minutia of stories every single day, and I'm just sitting there going, what happened? you got to stop believing in polls, too. See, I, I, I don't know that that's totally true, though, because when you look at uh, the polling and what it said, like generic ballot polling, which, right. I mean, you can say, hey, that's not a great way to judge whether or not there's going to be a red or a blue wave, and you, you'd, you'd be right on that. But when it comes to the popular vote versus what the generic ballots were telling us, those polls were actually right. The difference is at the district level. Where if there has, because we just went through a redistricting year, uh, it doesn't matter that Republicans actually got more votes in this because that's not how the system works. You're absolutely right about that. A lot of different issues to try to solve. But, you know, bigger than anything, too, in my mind, is the flow of information. And with legacy media putting lies out every single day, something has to be done to combat that. And the best way I know how is just individual conversations that we all have with people. I mean, I'm not saying beat people over the head of, you don't know the truth. Although it might come to that, but those things have to happen. Reasonable people have to have those conversations with people that only get their news from one source. Well, well, I also think you can look at where Republicans did well and what was the common denominator yeah. here. What was the common denominator? It was actually offering a vision for the future. And even yeah. in, in New York, where Lee Zeldin lost because New York City exists, um, you see the congressional map was extremely friendly to Republicans. And he dragged a lot of people across the finish line because he, he did offer a message of hope. He did offer a That's message true. of here's what we can do for you. And we understand what's not working. You look in Florida, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, dude, the, Ron DeSantis has been governing like a champ, continues to govern like a champ, um, and he is offering a positive vision forward. Texas, same mm-hmm. thing. You look all over the place where Republicans did well, it was this. Where they did, where they did poorly, it was a lot of grievance politics. There were too many people, in my opinion, who were talking about the 2020 election. People are tired right. of it you got to move forward. you got to tell people, here's what we're going to do to make your life better. And most of that involves getting the hell out of your way. Right. Well, and something that we'll definitely tackle is Trump. Did he have to do with any losses? You know what I'm saying? No, I'm saying the question. Some people say Lee Zeldin lost because of his affiliation with Trump, or that's what took down Carrie Lake. 
We'll get into all that a little bit later. Moving on to some other things that are happening. Um, the investigation into Joe Biden. We knew it was yeah. going to happen. It's happening pretty quickly. Yeah, Republican representatives James Comer and Jim Jordan uh, alleged at a press conference this morning that President Biden was actively involved in the overseas business dealings alongside his son, Hunter Biden. And yeah, they're going to investigate it. Here we go. The Biden family's business dealings implicate a wide range of criminality from human trafficking Whoa. to potential violations of the Constitution. In the 118th Congress, this committee will evaluate the status of Joe Biden's relationship with his family's foreign partners and whether he is a president who is compromised or swayed by foreign dollars and influence. Ooh, I want to be clear. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, and that's where the committee will focus in this next Congress. I bet that's a soundbite that's not going to get played by legacy media. Oh, this no. is an investigation of Joe Biden. Right. They're just going after Hunter. We know Hunter had problems with drugs. Mm -hmm. Scott, you've had problems with drugs in the past. Mm -hmm. Not enough drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that was my problem. But you know the point. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, this was going to happen, right? I mean, the minute the Congress changes hands, you're going to see investigation after investigation. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's yeah. just part of it. The muck and the mire goes both ways. Time to start dragging. Okay. Who's ready to sign up for giving Ukraine more money? Uh, no. No. No, because even though you, you know, Ukraine bombed Poland on accident, they're still blaming Russia, though. They're still saying, no, that was a Russian missile. And it's like NATO countries, the United States, everybody's like, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think you actually accidentally bombed Poland. Um, they did. He, Lloyd Austin said it. Yeah. But it's still Russia's fault. Yeah, right. It's yeah. still Russia's fault because Russia was yeah. bombarding Ukraine with, mm -hmm. with missiles. So um, I guess you can make that argument. It doesn't really sit well with me that Zelensky was trying to drag all of us into World War III That's as a result thing, of man. bad information. That's inexcusable, right. in my opinion. It yep. should cause a recalibration when it comes to funding the exploits in Ukraine. But it won't because, well, Ukraine is a very valuable money laundering country for rich Democrats uh, and some Republicans, you could say. Yes, you could. So uh, anyway, former Democratic Representative Jane Harmon on Morning Joe today said, hey, well, all this means that we got to keep giving Ukraine more money. All right. There's no room for compromise right now. Uh, and that's the U.S. position. Uh, and Lloyd Austin met with his counterparts, I think, this week. And almost a okay. billion dollars more aid is coming oh, from man. Sweden and Germany and us and Canada. And that's what we have to do. Uh, there's no evidence that Putin keeps his word. And it, it ain't over until it's over. And it's going to be a brutal winter. But the strongest yeah. weapon in this fight is the Ukrainian heart. It's much stronger than dumb missiles or drones or tanks or whatever else has been used. And the Ukrainians are very well trained at this point, in part okay. thanks to us, but in part also thanks to their enormous tech skills uh, to withstand this. And boy, uh, if Russia isn't put, pushed yeah. back here, we are going to have an Article 5 NATO confrontation, and that's not going to be good for anybody. Okay. So it's just endless money, yes. and you heard Millie say, whatever it takes. How long it takes? Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. We're in. We're in. We're in. And then you ask, why? Why? And then you wait and see who has a good answer. Serious. No, no, I know. I, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And more on that a little bit later. I mentioned in 
the first part of the show, we were going to have something that might make you feel bad for laughing. I don't know what to do with this, David. Yeah, I, I, I said that, and you said, well, we got to bring it up because it's making you have to. I mean, you now. have to talk about uncomfortable things. It's yeah. It, it, this is going viral now, and it's purportedly a video from the Brazilian version of The Voice. All right, and it's a Brazilian deaf mute trans woman singing "I Will Always Love You." She's and deaf and mute, and I, she's singing. I we should have played this and then had somebody identify the song. Yeah, just be, you know, be forewarned. I'll just say my initial reaction guaranteed me a couple centuries in hell, okay? Oh, okay. I'll help be the judge of that, even though I'm not supposed to do such things. What is that? What is that? That is that is that, I, is that the real person? I, that's, yes, that's I will always person. love you yes. from a person that is deaf and mute and is that, trans. Is that a standing ovation? Yes, yes. it is. Yeah, because it's stunning and brave, Scott. No, it's exploitation. That's what it is. Okay, it's exploiting someone's disability for rate television ratings. All right, let me ask you a question first of all. Yeah. All right, because this has been lauded as a triumph, right? And it's yeah. and it's courage. Mm-hmm. If just change out one word instead of trans woman, put uh, Christian, Brazilian deaf mute Christian sings "I Will Always Love You." Would it have the fanfare? Of course not. It no. would be like, hey, this is exploitive. Look at that. <laughs> what are just, we doing? We just I don't to, know. We just need to throw in John Fetterman going, Eagles! <laughs> Holy mackerel! But we we got to do more of a deep dive into oh, that man. coming up. And CNN is begging Gretchen Whitmer. you got to hear this story next. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. CNN is begging Gretchen Whitmer for what? Oh, to run for president because apparently that's what we do. Run for president? Yeah, yeah. So she should have been beat as governor of Michigan. You know that that's the that's the crazy thing here. Uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer won re-election despite the lockdowns and despite the fact that. With the lockdowns, the COVID death rate was higher in Michigan than in Florida or Texas. But you don't hear that a lot, do you? (laughs) No. Uh, So she was on CNN this morning, and the anchor, Caitlin Collins, lobbied hard for her to run for president. You said you're not interested in it. I guess my question is, if you're a supporter of yours and you're someone who doesn't live in Michigan but is national and wants to see you run, what is the argument for you not running for president? Mm -hmm. Serious news business there. So anyway, of course, here's the response. Caitlin Collins, isn't she the one responsible for? Why are you 
keep calling it the China virus. No, that's a, that was a different person. Okay, just making sure. All right, follow up. Here we go. Literally eight days ago, got elected to a second four-year term. This is, um, you know, the, the state that I've always called home. I love the state of Michigan. I am so grateful to be the governor of the state of Michigan. I've got a big task ahead of me, and that's where I'm going to put 100% of my focus for now. Um, I do think that it, it's flattering oh. that people continue to ask, but I got a big job that I was just hired to do for four more years, and that's where I'm going to stay focused. Okay. Oh gosh. Thank you, Governor. For now, we heard for now in that answer. I'm staying right where I'm at. <laughs> Give me a break. A joke. Her running for president is about like that person singing I Will Always Love You in the Australian. What was it, David? Brazilian, I think. Brazilian. Like the voice or Brazil's Got Talent or something like that. Seriously, man, that that's disgusting what they did to that person. If you're just joining us, David had this clip just a little while ago of what is it? Either Brasilia, or Brasilia, Brazil has talent, or the Brazilian right. voice, or Something whatever like it one is. One of those singing competitions. Yeah, it's a deaf, mute trans woman singing "I Will Always Love You." Yeah, and of course the person can't sing, dude. <laughs> Exploiting that person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, they're going to bring that person to America. The management team of Dr. Jill Biden and Mrs. Fetterman <laughs> are going to run the show. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what would you compare that to, to something else? I mean, Like well, an archery sort well, of competition? You don't have fingers and you, you can barely pull a I, I, string back and then the arrow falls like 12 feet short I, but you're gonna stand and applaud I, I think it would be more on par with me starting for the dallas cowboys at quarterback and then expecting people to applaud when i get my my lights knocked out yes that's just terrible man but the people oh it's so oh, great well, yeah. yeah oh my goodness man it's crazy something else we got to get to i don't know if you know this or not but reparations they could have saved black people from covid you know who said that <laughs> we <laughs> oh we'll reveal straight ahead Right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Would you say it's a sad day? <laughs> no. Why? What? Are you talking I about? Saw, I saw people weeping on Capitol Hill. I saw a couple of ladies yeah. wiping the tears. Yeah. Uh, soon to be former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is announcing that she will not be seeking a leadership position in the House Democratic Party uh, after, what, two decades. 
in yeah. in different roles, leadership roles in mm-hmm. the Democratic Party. Now she's like 170 whatever years old, and it's well past time to 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 hang it up here. Uh, she's going to be handing over the reins basically to uh, Hakeem Jeffries, who's <laughs> boy quite a conspiracy theorist himself. Yeah. We may have to do a best of Hakeem yeah. later in the show. Well, we got a lot. Nate Pelosi addressing the House of Representatives uh, said that, you know what, this last election, even though Democrats lost the House, we saved democracy. Listen to this. With these elections, the people stood in the breach and repelled the assault on democracy. They resoundingly rejected violence and insurrection, oh, and in God. doing so, gave what is proof she talking through about? the night. <laughs> That our flag was still there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I mean. Yes. I will say that that's better than her thanking George Floyd for dying. But (laughs) boy, it rivals it, though. It's close. (laughs) Pretty dramatic. (laughs) Pretty darn dramatic. (laughs) She's she's had a lot (laughs) in the last few years. That's definitely. Thanks, George Floyd, for dying. (laughs) Yes, your struggles. Because he. I don't know if you knew this, when he took that fentanyl, yep. okay, and went down on the ground and didn't want to get in the car, he was sacrificing himself for justice. Well, he was. According to us. Nancy. He, he yes. did it for us, Jamie. He yes. did. He did it Selfless. for us. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I think you guys did an update yesterday when I was out on Paul Pelosi and this discrepancy in reporting on what happened the night that he was hit with a hammer. Well, it's weird because it's been like 10 days and you haven't heard a peep. More, more than that, it's been almost two weeks now. Nothing. Uh, the Today Show. Except, except Almaguer getting the boot. Right. Yeah. Miguel Almaguer from the Today Show reported a couple of weeks ago that um, the way it went down when the cops got to the house was different than what the FBI had said. The FBI had claimed that when the cops opened the door... Basically, there was a struggle for the hammer, for a single hammer. Yes. And then uh, uh, the attacker was able to wrestle it away and then boom, boom, hits him twice with a hammer and sends him to the hospital. But then Miguel Almaguer came out and said, well, actually, our sources are telling us uh, Paul Pelosi answered the door alone and then went back inside the house towards the assailant. Yes. And no one knows why he would have done that. Why didn't you run out to the cops, right? And Miguel Almaguer hasn't been heard from since. Apparently he's been suspended because his reporting fueled right-wing conspiracy theories. That's actually what part of the report was yesterday. I saw that. Yeah. I um, couldn't believe it. Oh, yeah. it, it. First, it was not up to our standards, yeah. which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. But then, well, also added to right-wing talking points. What? What? Well, What's the right reporting? What happened when yeah. the door opened? Who opened the door? And was the, the fairy bird guy, was he way back past the foyer? Or was he there with a hammer in his hand? Yeah. Well, David said, you know, when we first heard this story, David, you were like, for what? What are they suspending for? Yeah, what did no, he do? What was wrong about that? No, they haven't said what was wrong no, about it. No, they and, haven't. And the even more questionable part of this whole thing is that NBC Bay Area, the the local San Francisco NBC affiliate has reporting that's pretty much identical to what Miguel Almaguer reported, and they haven't retracted anything. Well, not only that, there's a discrepancy between the local cops in San Francisco and the Department of Justice. Yes. Well, gee, that seems a little fishy. (laughs) 
I mean, who would you trust in that scenario? I stand with Miguel. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think the guy was lying. Up to your journalistic standards. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. That's There's a favorite. lot more to that story that'll come out yeah. at some point. Well, we'll, we'll see. We all know what happened. Yeah, Uh-oh. of course we do. Nancy Pelosi ordered the hit on her husband to help Democrats <laughs> in the midterms. And it probably worked. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I still think something just went haywire at the wrong time. But that's, I guess that's just furthering right-wing conspiracies. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing that makes sense. Uh-huh. Why didn't he run outside? A guy broke in your house. He wakes you up in the middle of the night. You think this guy's deranged, and then I call the cops. They finally show up. I answer the door. Hey, he's here. Run outside. He doesn't do it. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Okay, moving on. Uh, Let's talk about COVID for a second. I saw this, and I did a double take, and I looked at the year, and yeah, it's 2022. Uh, Notre Dame, University of Notre Dame, is going to have a COVID vaccine booster mandate imposed on them for the 2023-24 school year. Next year, mandate. I really thought we were past all this stuff. For a vaccine that doesn't actually stop you from getting COVID. Or spreading it. And for that age group, for men at least, could be we could find out it's more dangerous than we even think. And we already know it's more dangerous for that group than other groups. Mm -hmm. That's why in Florida... The Surgeon General is saying, yeah, men, what is it, 18 to 39? Or was it 29? It's 18, I think it's up to 39. Mm. We're advising you not to get it. Don't get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. There's a myocarditis risk here. Shouldn't do it if you're an otherwise healthy person. And Notre Dame is saying, yep, got to. Going to mandate it. Why? It doesn't make any sense. What did they say? University's low rate of COVID is attributed to the school's vaccination rate. In an effort to continue this trend and prevent serious illness related to coronavirus, I write today to inform you that the COVID-19 booster vaccine is required of all students, undergraduate, graduate, and professional. Blah, blah, blah as it goes on. Including students studying or performing research remotely and or virtually. To enroll in classes for the 2023-24 academic year. Did you say virtually? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I read that too. Uh, yes. Yeah. It, if you're at will, home in your house yes, we will with your computer you. open, you still have to be vaccinated. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I just have to laugh, too, because one of the news stories today, sort of on the health and wellness side on the morning shows, was a new study, a study about the long-term side effects and potential danger of giving melatonin to children. I saw that. And it's like there's this panic, like, oh, there could be long-term effects of this. Meanwhile, let your two-year-old get this COVID shot, even though there's probably no need for it, and we actually don't know whether or not it's going to be dangerous for them. That's correct. That's insane. Well, here's the thing, man. There's a lot of money to be made off of that (laughs) vaccine. That melatonin, you're not going to make a whole lot off that. (laughs) Big melatonin doesn't have the sway it once used to. (laughs) All of a sudden, the football jerseys have the Moderna logo on the side of them. <laughs> I mean, it's safe to say that you're not joking when you say that's an anti-science institution. Yeah. I don't know what else you say. That's wild. Meanwhile, we're also finding out that 
something could have saved black people from COVID, and yeah. that would have been reparations? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? That's, what? That's, a, that's the story, that's bro. That's according to... <laughs> so if you... Okay. That's yes. a, if you receive reparations, it's a cure for COVID, or you're immune... From what I understand, it is would have this, saved you what from it. In the hell is this yeah. about? It's Sheila Jackson Lee. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Democratic Representative okay. Sheila Jackson Lee had a speech this morning <laughs> talking about reparations and COVID, and I'll just let her try to lay this out. All right. There is no doubt that we have been impacted. That DNA in the trans, uh, the trajectory of slavery to today. For example, at COVID, uh, black African Americans got COVID at a rate nearly one and a half times higher than that of white people are hospitalized at a rate nearly four times higher and three times likely to die. COVID hit us very desperately. Interestingly, a recent peer-reviewed study from Harvard Medical School, Harvard Medical School, suggests that reparations for African Americans could have cut COVID-19 transmission and infection rates both among blacks and the population at large. How? This wow. Is, this reminds Holy me. Smokes. This from I don't I, I don't know why maybe this is just way too much ADHD theater for your taste but there was an old South Park episode where two of the characters get AIDS and okay. they go to Magic Johnson to figure out why he's stayed so healthy and they it turns out it's because he sleeps around one hundred eighty thousand dollars in cash and so they say one hundred eighty thousand dollars in cash <laughs> is the cure for AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, so in this case, in this case, it's COVID reparations cure COVID. Okay, got it. Because of molecular structure, yes. Is that what it is? If you get the, okay. If you, if you get the right. money injected directly into your into bloodstream, your, right? I see. Yeah. Uh, mm, all right. Reparations are curative; they're not punishment. Okay. So remember, for a while, it was the oddest thing. It was quite a trick with media. You were trying to shame the unvaccinated, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unless they were black. Then it was different. Right. And I mean, I understood at least to an extent where you were saying, okay, in the black community, there is hesitancy when it comes to vaccinations. And there's a reason for that. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you're talking about, unvaccinated is going to keep this going on longer. Pandemic and the unvaccinated, blah, blah, blah. It was only basically poor whites that were being shown. Yeah. Or just flat out Trump supporters. It was one or the other. But the media is very good at doing that. It's quite a trick, but they do it. Okay. Did you see, by the way, what San Francisco is doing now? This is... You talk about South Park. You talk about comedy. Yeah. Like, this isn't real. This is a joke. San Francisco launches program to pay trans residents $1,200 a month for 18 months. And you're saying, what for? Because they're trans? That's it. <laughs> London Breed, the mayor in San Francisco, announced that the city would begin accepting applications right. for the Guaranteed Income for Trans People program called GIFT. Guaranteed Income for Trans People. Do you have to show <laughs> before and after pictures, though? <laughs> I mean, can, can I just say I am and get the 1200 a month? I think you could do it today. Who's to stop me? I don't know. I, I'm not going to stop you. I mean, I know some ladies that will put some makeup on you. I, I guess you could go. There's a wig. 1200 a month? Sure. Wow. I'll wear a 
I'll do whatever. You'll be you'll be Roberta Robbins. There you go. Can I hello? Can I identify as trans and identify as a San Francisco resident and and have money thrown at me? I don't actually live in San Francisco, but I identify no. as a San Francisco resident. Right. I don't see why not. Can I'm, I wear my Giants cap and just be okay? I'm I'm like a double trans yeah. person. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know how you're going to prove that. That's the thing. Well, you just do it. I mean, you... you... Dude... But who isn't going to be trans? (laughs) I mean, everybody will be for $1,200 a month, right? I can be trans for 18 months. Okay. Well, I mean, somebody's going to goof on it and then do the whole video. Yeah, sure. It's wild that that's actually happening. Yes. Um, San Francisco, $1,200 a month program will prioritize enrollment of transgender, non-binary, gender non-conforming, and intersex people who are also black, indigenous, or people of color. Oh, you're out. Sorry, Whitey. Well, can I identify as indigenous? No. I think Rachel Dolezal proved you can't, yeah, no. you can't go. Well, you could be tran- a senator and do that. Well, maybe. Elizabeth Dole. I understand. Or Elizabeth. Elizabeth Dole. <laughs> I had a minor malfunction. Are you yeah. are you now all of a sudden identifying as an old geezer that mixes up names? He's identifying as John Fetterman. I'm just going to be. I, I became senator elect. <laughs> Holy mackerel, Elizabeth Warren. Um, so there, there is your update. Um, and I'm sure that people, uh, you know, on Facebook want to see any sort of rendering that you're going to go with Roberta Robbins. Okay. Twelve Monday, baby. What's next? You're going to start what watching some music shows at night, turning on your essential oils and having your kitty sit on your lap with hey, your blankie. I'm, I'm halfway there. <laughs> All right, we got more to get to. Kathy Hogel declares Transgender Awareness Month. That's a joke, right? Is it? No. Next. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, unreal, dude. Again, so many different stories come out. You're like, okay, this is a joke. This isn't real. No, it was real. Kathy Ogle, <laughs> governor of New York, squeaks by. How did that happen, by the way? Declares Lonely. Transgender Awareness Month. This is just a week after the election. Yep, just want you to know. Uh, Transgender Awareness Month starts now. I think we're all very aware that trans people are are... Are around? No, they're the shadows, David. (laughs) Society's pushed them in the shadows. We need to do everything in our power to make it okay. I mean, even family, even the libs who run Family Guy are making jokes about that. Like one of the characters who's a trans woman is at the bar and watching adult content on her phone. Bartender Mm -hmm. says, "Hey, you can't watch porn at the bar." She says, "Oh, I'm transgender," and the bartender says, "Oh." Well, in that case, you can do whatever you want anywhere all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, An entire month, though? Yeah. Yeah. What color ribbon should I wear, Jamie? Well, I'll just go with the statement. uh, Celebrate the trans community in New York State and across the country. Um, 
proud to celebrate Transgender Awareness Month to highlight the countless contributions that members of the transgender community have made to our state. Okay. At least in this press release, I don't see it, uh, what she's exactly talking about, but I'm sure it's a lot. And just be aware that trans people exist. Okay. But a month? Because it's not shoved down your face and down your throat enough already. Commemorative stamps? Not sure. Parades? David, okay. David tells us that Major League Cricket has come to the United States. Yeah. In case you want a game that's even more boring than baseball, cricket is starting next summer. You know, what is this? So Major League Soccer fails? So, hey, <laughs> we'll, we'll get, up you one? I, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be premiering next year or next summer in the United States. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm switching over because Major League Baseball hates me. This is the Marketing Van Camp and Robin Show. You ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot going on in the world. You know, big G20. Mm-hmm. When I say G20, first thing that comes to your mind, David Van Camp. A uh, bunch of people who are going to get together and figure out how to screw over the rest of us. A failed car Pontiac made. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Pontiac G20. <laughs> okay. I get that. Um, it is this thing, and you wonder, okay, what does that have to do with G7? And then there's the World Economic Forum, and how does it all work together? They're completely separate. It's not really together, but it's kind of together. Yeah. And then people were asking, okay, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum guy, why is he showing up at G20? Like, oh, Is he invited? Well, yeah, because he wants to... This is the guy who, again, is 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 sort of the head of the organization that decides how they're going to ruin everybody's lives through climate goals, which is really just code for a massive money-making scheme. Yeah, but he's not elected. He's not oh, a no. leader. No, but he is the guy who bankrolls all these people. Right. He's the dude that Justin Trudeau... That Joe Biden and many of the people who work in Biden's administration listen to in order to make decisions when it comes to running their countries. Okay. So that's the deal. And so he is speaking at the G20. And I, if you've ever seen the guy, you know it's been said many times he looks like a Bond villain. Dude. Yeah. It, it's true. It is true. It's just true. Um. And then with the accent and the things he says, well, just take like 30 seconds of this, okay? In G20, here's Klaus. Of course, if you look at all the challenges, we can speak about the multi-crisis. Multi-crisis. An economic, a political, a social, an ecological, an institutional crisis. But actually, what we have to confront is a deep, systemic, and structural restructuring 
of our world. Got that? Oh, mm-hmm. boy. The restructuring of our world. Build back Be- better. Yes, it is. Yep. I'm still on that. And it's still this unique opportunity right now with all the crisis mm-hmm. happening together. And this will take some time. Hmm. And the world will look differently after we have gone through this transition process. Politically, the driving forces for this political transformation, yeah. of course, is the transition into a multipolar world, which has a tendency yeah. to make our world much more fragmented. Oh boy. And for these reasons, uh-huh. events like this one, the G20, and so on, are the very important connectors. And then does anyone ever step back and say, who are you? They don't, because they're all in the same group together. Dude, he, he's the guy that can make or break a world leader's political aspirations. He's the guy who, he's the bag man for all the money. Okay, so are you telling me right now, all right, if you talk about going down a rabbit hole, I'm going to go back to 1979 and the classic film, The Warriors. Are you telling me if I'm standing there and I'm like, who are you, Cyrus, to be telling us what we're going to do? You don't understand what Cyrus can do. (laughs) (laughs) You don't understand the power of Cyrus. That guy does sound like he's got got some basement drills going somewhere. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah, well he's, he's got, got the Gramercy riffs behind him, basically. Mm-hmm. So he's got the muscle to make it happen. Let me yeah. tell you something. I well, will I mean, tell you. He, he's the guy who wants everybody to just uh, be content with, well, freezing to death in the winter and eating right. bugs instead of meat. Yeah. And yeah. he and his buddies make a lot of money and they pay a lot of money in order to make sure that their plans come to fruition. The thing is, when you say that, it sounds like a conspiracy theory, except they admit it. No, it's right out in the that's, open. It's in his books. Goal. I think there was... There You'll was some... own nothing and like it. Yes. There, there was a uh, uh, video from the World Economic Forum about their new world order, and then YouTube flagged it as a conspiracy theorist all, uh, theory. All it was was them actually talking about what their plans were for the world. Exactly. I mean, you want to know why there was such pressure to get rid of a guy like Donald Trump. It was because Donald Trump was going to say, no, we're taking the biggest economic engine in the world, the United States of America, and we're not going to play those rules. We can work together, but you got to show me some benefit to my country because I don't represent you. I represent everybody's got to pay their fair share, and we've paid too much for a long time. So, yeah, anytime this happens, I feel like most of the world's asleep. Yeah, whatever. And it's always worst news for the rest of us. Well, yeah, that. I mean, the, the, the thing is, is when you're talking about what their platform is, it is essentially using the communist ideology of yep. the end of history by getting rid of all borders. And so there is one world government. And uh, that way, essentially for them, it just means, hey, that means we can consolidate power and make all the money and everybody else can get scraps. And, hey, it's going to be good because nobody's going to get ideas of nationalism. There's going to be no war. Right. It's this fantasy of a communist utopia. And it just so happens that they make a lot of money doing it. And don't you suppose that's why history is not really taught? Yeah. 
Oh, so that the whole group right now, I mean, that you look at coming up and probably all the way up to your age, David, or somewhere around there, they've never heard all this before. Well, dude, one of, the, one of the biggest, and this is actually true, again, it, one of the biggest uh, contributors to public education curriculum since the 1970s was a dude who was a communist with the Weather Underground. And, That's right. And, and so one of the greatest tricks they ever pulled one or one example of it, I don't think it's the greatest trick they ever pulled, but one example of it is when they talk about, you know, when you look at curriculum for the Red Scare uh, that happened uh, several decades ago, obviously, the McCarthyism era and all that stuff. The thing they always skip over in school curricula, there were actual Russian communist spies in the government and in the military. Yes. It got out of hand, obviously, but no, there were actually communists within the government. And that kind of has been scrubbed a little bit to make it seem like McCarthy was just going right. after chasing ghosts. Right. I mean, if Klaus was from Muncie, Indiana, it wouldn't sound near as scary either. That's true. <laughs> you will eat the bugs. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you made a great point, and that's one of the reasons they needed Trump out. Yeah. Now switching gears totally to Trump and DeSantis, because that's what so many people are talking about. And... I'll just say it this way. I've noticed there are different people that don't want to really give their opinion. They're like, ah, I got too much to lose. I, I just don't really want to say what I'm really thinking. Because uh, I don't want to get on the wrong side of Trump. And that could be very dangerous. I've seen careers go down the crapper after that. Mm -hmm. And I just look at it like everybody's got an opinion on this. Okay? Not everybody's going to agree. I did think it was interesting that in this poll, this latest poll, DeSantis is leading Trump by 18 points. Not surprised by it, but it's interesting. Yeah. You know, and one of the big things, just talking about all the G20 stuff, the criticism of DeSantis is there are people that don't believe that he is really the sort of renegade that Trump is that would stand up to mm -hmm. world powers like Klaus, I guess. I don't know if you buy that or not. Do you think there's something to that? Uh, that part's unproven? Yeah, I have no idea. It's unprovable yeah, one way or the other. I mean, the one thing to keep in mind always when there is this Trump versus DeSantis question is who can actually win in America because that's what ultimately that's matters. And I don't know that Trump can win in America. Well, and the media is going to try to drag him into a food fight. Mm -hmm. They want to see that. Oh, Trump wants that. Dissension. That's how ranks. Trump takes people out. Yeah. They, they want to see that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. I don't know that a whole lot of people that are Republican voters do want to see it. I think everybody else Oh, I don't want to see it. it. No, I don't want to see it. And by the way, this was an Economist YouGov poll, so take it for, yeah, right. for what that's worth. But the thing I keep coming back to, David, is exactly what you just said. I don't think Trump can, Trump can get elected anymore. There's too much that's happened. And... I think someone could make the argument, well, that's unfair. The guy never even had a shot the first go-around because of what the media did to him, everything else. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think there's, there might be something to that. In the end, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. It's who can win in 24. And I don't think Trump can win in a general. Well, I, think I think he could win the primary, but not the general. You know, ask me a year from now. Why? Well, I think everything will start to take shape. I don't think that's going to change. But well, we don't even know if DeSantis is really going to run or not. Uh, we're assuming he will. Yeah, I think I, we're assuming he will. I assume he will. will. We don't. And but I, as far I, as the question is, is, could Trump get elected if he gets the nomination? Do you think he could? Uh, I'll give a squishy answer. I don't know. 
Oh, please. But Give I don't... your opinion. Don't be squishy like everybody else. You have an opinion now or you could be wrong. My gut tells me no. That's, that's my gut. Could but be then wrong. I look at the competition he'll be up against and where we might be. He lost country, to Joe Biden, Scott. But Well, I know, but now we know who Joe <laughs> they, Biden is. I understand. Think of what just happened in this election we just saw. Yeah. John Fetterman won. Yeah, well, that, I can't explain that one. That's that's for history. There are too many independent voters that need to be swayed that can't be swayed for Trump. I'm I'm convinced of that. There's too many forces, and, and at that play. may very well be true. That's what I'm thinking, anyway. Okay. Um, but you know, DeSantis is trying to squish down this whole sort of yeah. rivalry thing or well, any sort of fight, right? Right now, DeSantis has one of the easiest jobs when it comes to the presidential uh, conversation. Which is basically just kind of dismiss it all and then keep your head down and do your work. Yeah. And it, it really is just kind of ignore it and give answers like these, honestly, when he's asked about it. This is what he said yesterday. Okay. We just finished this election. Okay. People just need to chill out a little bit on some of this stuff. I mean, seriously, we just ran an election. We have this Georgia runoff coming, which is very important for Republicans to win that Georgia runoff. I mean, I know around the country, uh, Florida was kind of the, the biggest bright spot. It was not so bright in many other parts of the country. It was, a, it, was a, it was a substandard performance given the dynamics that are at play. So hopefully we'll be able to be able to do that. But I think what people like me who've been given the opportunity to continue is, okay, uh, let's do something with that. And the reason why we won historic victory is at the end of the day, we led, we delivered, and we had your back when you needed us. That, that is why we won big. Yeah, it's pretty smart. It's a good way to play it for right now. We'll see. Golly. And it's, you know, it's November. Yeah, right, exactly. Two years out, already announced. Yeah. Golly. I think there are a lot of people right now just looking for a break for a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that did not get as much fanfare the other night when Trump announced. But we'll see. There were parts of that speech that were pretty good. How about death penalty if you sell fentanyl? Killing people. Damn. Death penalty. I'm like, oh my gosh, Robbins is writing for Trump. It's a smoking hot take, but that, <laughs> it was electric bleachers. I stood up out of, my, out of my chair. I moved my cats out of the way, pushed the blanket away, and stood and applauded at the TV set. <laughs> yes, death penalty. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Much more to get to. Oh. (laughs) Gun laws in Oregon. Sheriffs are not liking it. It's more than not liking it. We'll get to it. Coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Did see, you know, Oregon passed some strict gun control measures last week, but you've yeah. got at least five county sheriffs openly refusing to not enforce at least parts of that law. No. It's a Fox News story. You were just shaking your head about something, David. Oh, man. Uh, I, I just saw this, and we've talked about some of these in disparate forms, but. 
Steve Krakauer, I think he works with Megyn Kelly. He does the Fourth Watch uh, newsletter as well, looking okay. at media reports. And he pointed out that, you know, it's interesting how a bunch of conspiracy theories are now suddenly media news reports. Uh, in just nine days since the midterm elections were held, for example, ABC yes. Bay Area reporter reported on the Pelosi attack based on a source who saw the body cam footage, and it was almost identical to what Miguel Almaguer with NBC News said that got him suspended. Yep. Uh, Washington Post reports that after all this secret documents drama, the Trump raid produced basically nothing of interest. Basically, like keepsakes. Went, yeah, he wanted to keep mementos. He right. said, hey, these are cool documents. No, he wasn't selling nuclear secrets to somebody or anything like that. Yep. NBC News reports the January 6th committee will ignore law enforcement failures in a final report, instead making it all about Trump. <laughs> An entire team was working on that aspect. <laughs> yes. Nonpartisan. The team yes. that was working on the aspect of the law enforcement failures of the day of the Capitol riot were given a pins-down order recently. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that. Ah, never mind. New York Times reports that, uh, oh, actually, the number two man in the Oath Keepers, uh, Greg McWhorter, was actually an FBI informant taking, uh, talking to them for months ahead of the Capitol riot. Hmm. Huh. New York Times also now. reports the FBI has had as many as eight informants inside the Proud Boys in the months before and after the riot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just goes on and on from there. I mean, it is crazy how all of these are now suddenly newsworthy now that the midterm elections are over. Everything that they said to you before the elections was a lie. It's such corruption. All right, I got a crazy idea for you. You know how so many people went to journalism school. I'm talking about decades ago. Yeah. Because they really did, in their hearts, want to do the right thing and, you know, bring truth to justice, right? It's needed more than ever right now that if you had a group of young people see what's really happening in the country and say, we've got, we've got to do everything possible to blow the lid on all of this stuff. Yeah. That's what we need. Yeah. There are, there are a lot of people, but they get, but they tend to be uh, highlighted more by conservative media and legacy media to protect its bottom line does everything possible to call them conspiracy theorists and nut jobs, even though in many cases they're reporting stuff that turns out to be true about a year later. Well, they lose yes. all their platforms too. That's why we got to do everything we can yeah. to keep I mean, giving that voice to people. It's freaking crazy right now what we're seeing. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David. Uh, well, the news geeks are going to be really uh, uh, hyped up about Nancy Pelosi saying she's not going to be seeking any leadership positions within the Democratic Party. In the House of Representatives, uh, it doesn't really affect most people's lives. So I guess that's a news story, but bad, right. biggest story, uh, I'm not really sure about that. Um, I, I think one of the bigger stories actually is this whole FTX collapse, the cryptocurrency exchange, and yes, what this guy was one. doing. The guy who managed the, the fall of Enron is now looking into this, and he's mm -hmm. like, this is worse than Enron, by the way. Wow. <laughs> You know what else? I saw a health provider yesterday. I think you may be surprised what they gave me to treat COVID as I'm coming out of it. Straight ahead.
Yep. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial. Scott Robbins, the Sexy Boomer. Okay. So uh, we got a scam artist. Yep. Did some crimes. Uh huh. This is massive. It is massive. This is a big deal, and it involves some of the highest uh, levels of our own government, even both current and former officials. Um, it's the cryptocurrency exchange called FTX. Lost a whole lot of other people's money. It was a gigantic scam, basically, to just try to whittle it down to the bullet points of what happened here. The CEO, Sam Bankman Fried, who is a darling of left wing politicians and tech bros transferred cash out of FTX to prop up his failing hedge fund and then lost everything in the market. So they say, because they said, hey, look, you you stash your cash with us. We will never invest it in anything. Well, they, they actually did. Not FTX, but this dude's other hedge fund. Um, so people went to go get their money back and there was no money left. And now he's filed for bankruptcy. And boy, it's a mess. Well, he did an interview with Vox, and I'm pretty sure now his lawyers are mainlining Pepto-Bismol because he admitted to it. This is crazy. So he promised that, you know, again, FTX would never invest deposits made. But he says, hey, that's technically still factually accurate because technically it was his hedge fund that gambled with people's money, not FTX. Now that's fraud. And he admitted to it. Um (laughs) <laughs> and what he said to this Vox reporter was, quote, sometimes life creeps up on you. Now, the other interesting part is this guy, he is a big ESG guy. This is the the social credit score system yes. for investors. This is why you see so many major corporations doing things that, you know, embracing a lot of the, the like radical trans ideology, uh, the whole Black Lives Matter stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. climate change, all of this. They do this because some people with deep pockets, especially young investment group people, mm-hmm. they will judge companies based on this ESG score. And if you're not good enough, well, they're not going to supply you with money. And so it's not about the customer base for Disney, whoever else, right. you know, whatever other company. Put put your own in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about the customers. It's about who's going to be supplying money. And... That's why you see woke corporations just left and right, and it doesn't make any sense from a traditional business model. Never. Um, anyway, the, so the idea is to make the world a better place. That's what they say, but really it's just <laughs> another way for rich liberals to push their values on everyone else. Yes. Uh, but he talked a lot about being ethical, and in the context of like ESG and ethics, to that he responded, and I quote, heh. <laughs> H-E-H. It was a text interview back and forth. And he says, man all, the, hey. man, all the dumb bleep I said, it's not true, really. You know, I feel for those people who got bleeped by it, by this dumb game we woke Westerners play when we say the right stuff so everyone likes us. <laughs> okay, at least in that moment, that's I like appreciate taking your the own mask on the off, honesty. though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's well, like ripping your own mask off. Well, yeah. Well, look, what what I think happened here Golly. is, you know, you look at the internals for what what this company was doing, and it's clear that they had some real sloppy accounting and then outright fraud in a lot of cases. And you had really powerful people like former President Bill Clinton. You had all sorts of celebrities endorsing him. Um, you had, of course, uh, people who were standing with Ukraine <laughs> as he was 
basically using the Ukrainian war to funnel money to and from different groups. And also a huge investor and a huge donor to the Democratic Party. And so the question right now is, did regulators just look the other way? Because on this guy's balance sheet, there was a line that says Trump lose. Did they look the other way because they wanted to make sure that Donald Trump lost the election and that Trump Republicans continued to lose? Well, I mean, it would sound like a conspiracy theory to some, but it would make total sense at the same time. I mean, couldn't you liken it in a way that a lot of people knew Biden's whole, you know, student loan forgiveness scam was a scam from the jump, but he needed the votes. So he did it. And in the end, you just wanted the votes. So people in this case look the other way. He wants Trump to lose. Yep. What are they going to do about all these celebrities that endorse this guy? Some of them are getting sued. I mean, Brady is one of them. Steph Curry. Giselle Bunchton. Oh, yeah. Larry David. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of them. This guy was taking their money and buying alpaca farms with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know you, you were gone yesterday, Jamie, but there was this uh, interview with the CEO of Citadel, and I think it was Bloomberg Finance, I think. And listen mm-hmm. to how uncomfortable everybody is when he brings up the point that this dude was a big Democratic donor, and we don't – every red flag in the world should have been raised with this right. guy, and for some reason it wasn't. This is so uncomfortable, this conversation. You know, on the balance sheet of FTX, is a line called Trump lose. And Sam was the second biggest donor to Democratic candidates. I'm going to leave it to everybody else to draw their own conclusions about what you're saying here. Right. Those are those are really, really ugly facts when you see a fraud of this magnitude having played out and you find no regulators were there to prevent it. That's a really, really tough story. <laughs> You're mm. <laughs> no one yes. wants to, No one really wants to address the elephant in the room here. No, they won't, man. They're, I mean, I suppose business-wise, you can make the argument that's the smart thing to do. But, I mean, the three of us I know are sitting here going, You're whiskers, man. Yeah. You're a little kitty cat. Just say it. Say it. Man up. Golly. Wow, that's wild. All right. How is abortion a class struggle? This is the wise words of AOC. Yeah. Socialist Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says putting restrictions on abortion is a way of enslaving the working class. What? (laughs) Okay. Welcome back. Forcing poor and working class people uh, to give birth um, against their will, against their consent, Forcing Stop screwing um, against their ability to provide for themselves or a child is a profound economic issue. And it's certainly okay. a way to keep um, a workforce uh, basically conscripted uh, to large scale employers and to employers mm. to be to work more uh, against their will, to take second and third jobs against their desire and their own autonomy. Mm. And so the idea that um, that abortion and access to abortion is somehow not a profound and what is this? I'm out a week. Let's torture Markley Day. David. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, the, what yeah. is this? <laughs> Are we getting to a point anytime soon? <laughs> it's- what? and central economic Uh, and class issue and class struggle um, is certainly something that uh, I think a person who's never 
had to contend right. uh, with the ability to carry a child. You're um, from the suburbs. You know, it, it belies that perspective. Shut up. Now, I, I would love for someone to ask her about what Senator Chuck Schumer said yesterday. Oh, yeah, which, yeah, me too, which, yes. Which is, like, just keep what she said in mind here. Okay. Because uh, Chuck Schumer made the point yesterday that yeah. we need illegal immigration because Americans aren't having enough babies. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers, and all of them. Because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers, but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. 11 million was 10 years ago. Right. So we can't get with... We need workers. But the ironic thing, of course, is they're just coming here to be baby makers. Yeah. That that's actually Handmaid's Tale. It is. That that's is a better, Handmaid's Tale. That's a better comparison yes, to Handmaid's Tale. It has nothing to do with abortion, though. Right. Wow, man. God, what an idiot. Wow. He doesn't even see the irony in his own stuff ever. Uh, no, he does not. No, of course not. But we're, that's what we're going to need. Stop selling, you know, false dreams to people of how they're going to be happy. Okay, starting when they're like five. Forget all that and actually talk to people about how fulfilling it can be to have a family. None of that. We just need more illegal people coming here. Okay. Oh, I mentioned this real quick. So, what was it? I had COVID uh, positive last Friday, right? So I'm back yeah. today. Okay. Real quick, I thought you would find this interesting. Because leading up to it, you know, you got like a cold, that sort of thing, a cough, fighting that for a while. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, after a few days wondering when you can come back, the rules get a little confusing, to be honest. And so the other day, I'm thinking, all right, well, I haven't had a fever in a few days. And then I take one of those home tests. Oh, crap, it's positive. As it turns out, as long as you don't have a fever, right, for what? 24 hours yeah. is what the CDC says. Now I copied and pasted it. Um, and your symptoms are improving. You could go back to work, basically. But there's also this, well, if you wait for a negative test, you could be waiting for weeks. Yeah. All right. So all that being said, but at the same time, you're in your mind going, well, I'm over it, right? I'm not contagious, but I still kind of feel like crap. So I had some different friends saying, really, you should go to this healthcare provider. Honestly, they'll help you. I'm like, okay, so I take the advice. So I go, and I couldn't believe it, man. Uh, <laughs> said, yeah, you're still within that week if you really want to get after this to really treat it. And he's telling me the stories. A couple of people that work there were telling me the stories of how many people they have helped get over it quicker. Um by prescribing a few things that as long as it, you know, doesn't conflict with anything else you're taking, that it would be really good. And as I got, you know, all the stuff to take to the pharmacy to get it, um, I'm like, man, this sounds familiar. I think this is the same stuff Rogan got outside of the monoclonal antibodies. And so I went back and looked at that clip of Joe Rogan 
And so we immediately threw the kitchen yeah. sink at it. All kinds of meds, monoclonal antibodies, uh, ivermectin, Z-Pak, uh, uh, prednisone. Check. Those are the three. <laughs> and and the, <laughs> excuse me, the provider told me he will not prescribe. Um, oh, shoot. The Pfizer. Uh, Paxlovid. Pa- yes, yeah. because it's always a bounce back. Yeah. And there's so many interactions with other drugs that they don't talk about. Yeah. Now, that's right from the provider. Okay? So you can take that for what it's worth. And so as I'm thinking about all of that and the person telling me, you know, the saddest thing is that we could have saved a whole lot of people that didn't need to die if we just could have treated them early on with this. And I remember at the time Rogan saying, basically, I got treated the same way Trump did. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. When he had COVID. So why? Why is it that with that same sort of cocktail that Rogan just mentioned there, that it's so frowned upon? And it and the person even told me, yeah, we could get in trouble. I mean, that we've been threatened to be shut down before. Dude, what is going on with that? Let me ask you, though. Did you, was there a noticeable in, increase in your health when you started taking it? I've taken it. I started taking it less than 24 hours what was ago. It like, it was, so it was pretty immediate then. I would say I feel better today. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, so it worked. My, my point is it works. I, I can tell you better in a week. Okay. To see how how quickly. Preliminary results indicate. <laughs> I would guess. Yeah. You know, we'll see. But I was just going by exactly what the person was telling me. Yeah. There's no reason to lie to me. Um, of why it's not treated that way. And, of course, you come away with the conclusion, well, Pfizer doesn't make money off that's of right. that. That's right. Or Merck or anybody else. Right. No. Right. And I thought it was interesting when I'm going to the pharmacy and, you know, you've got a copay as far as a script. And so, okay, the pay apart on the prednisone and um, on the Z-Pack. Ivermectin? Yeah, that's not covered. <laughs> that's not covered in the old plan. <coughs> Did you tell me you had a horse? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, what are we talking about? Am I Mr. Ed here? Why would they lie right. and say that's horse dewormer? I can afford people medicine, mother. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What is that? Why is that? I don't know. It, it's it's still crazy to me. I thought it really We're was still doing this. weird, though. Less than 24 hours after taking it, you know, you, the first thing you said to me uh, coming into the studio was, hey. It was. You've delivered. You, you, you've, you've developed a real hankering for hay and apples and oats. <laughs> and he doesn't use his hands with the apple either. <laughs> well, I used to have a nickname Mule, but that, no. no we're not going there. Okay. Anyway. All right, news update straight ahead. Now. Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, I understand that we've been inching more and more toward the old politically correct world for a while. You but still, say. you'll see a headline and say, really? So, we got to stop calling them brownies. Yes. Delicious treat. 
Well, it's it, it, so the Canadian uh, girl version of the Girl Scouts, basically, it's Girl Guides of Canada. Uh, they are changing the name for their seven to eight year old group. They were the Brownies. That was it. Yeah. Okay. They're you're changing a brownie it, before you're a Girl Scout. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because quote, we have heard from racialized girls that this name has caused them harm. We cannot cause harm to any girls, so we are taking action to create a place where all girls belong. Okay, I misunderstood the headline. So we can still call the delicious treat the brownies. Yes. There's so if you go into like a DQ well, and it's the can. brownie yeah. batter today we blizzard. Can. No, no. Yeah, it's that'll change. It'll, Not it, in my world. That'll be changed. I don't care to, about that Girl Scouts. It'll be changed soon in a couple of years to confection of color. That's right. <laughs> yes, that's a, very good. And you'll be going to a tie ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do they call them again now, David? Oh, brownies. They're going to be voting on it and making an announcement oh. in January. I got it. Well, it's not really the Girl Scouts anymore, anyway, is it? No. Well, I, I don't know about the you, the Canadian or the Girl okay. Guides. I don't know about what their policies are. Because you could have a dude in the Girl Scouts, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you could have a girl in the Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're insane. Mm-hmm. You can't have those rules anymore. Insane Scouts. Yeah, just insane society. Uh-huh. See what we can do to screw up kids even more for the next generation. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know what else you could say to that. This is the Martha Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, update David Van Camp. Oh, no, what? <laughs> we don't have to do this. We can skip this if you want. I said it's totally up to you. You know I trust you. You have your background in news, and you have breaking news throughout the show all the time, okay, and well, I defer to you. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is or announced today that she would not be seeking a, uh, a leadership position in the Democratic Party. Now, she's too old, she's out of gas, time to hand it off to younger leadership like Hakeem Jeffries, who is actually, funny enough, an election denier. Weird how that works. <laughs> Something, man. Donald Trump was an illegitimate president and right. stole the election from Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton, etc. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has the greatest hits uh, record that goes on and on and on. But uh, it's interesting to watch the media fawn over Nancy Pelosi on this day. Oh, we ought to call this Nancy Pelosi Day, honestly. <laughs> God, let's make it a national freaking holiday. Here's, uh, okay? here's Andrea Mitchell. Oh. All right. At the spry age of 106, mm-hmm. talking about Nancy Pelosi. And just think of the things, of the moments, the way she counteracted Donald Trump. She became <laughs> the single strongest opponent to Donald Trump when he was president. Tearing the speech. Let's see if we can pull up some of those pictures, those incredible pictures. With Time out. The state of the tearing, okay. tearing the speech made her the most. <laughs> she looks like a child. Yes. 
Okay, and all you have to do is ask yourself the question. Just flip the roles there, and that happens. What is the media's response? Oh. That wouldn't be standing strong and fighting for what you believe in. No. Democracy is on the precipice of destruction. <laughs> <laughs> but as you started to play that, and she's talking about like all the accomplishments, I'm thinking to myself, what is she actually going to mention? First thing is ripping up the speech. Yeah. Is there anything else? Well, she goes on. Okay. The union speech, again, often wearing that white suit, symbolic, of course, okay. for the whole women's movement, going back to Seneca Falls, and tearing up the speech at the State of the Union. You remember that? And also pointing it twice. to the president yeah. and walking out. <laughs> so she tore up the speech, and remember? She and then she white, wore the white suit. The white pantsuit. And then she tore up the speech at the State yes. of the Union. Yes. <laughs> The long list of accomplishments. <laughs> she, then she dropped her clothes off at dry cleaning, yeah. tore up the speech. Well, mm -hmm. she, she had somebody else do that for her. Nan hmm. Nancy doesn't do errands. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's more to this if you want. I'll bring it. Right. Oh, yeah, let's go ahead. We're we've got the picture now. of her just throwing down the speech, and everyone was yeah. just, you know, shocked by it. But also many were cheering the fact that she was simply ripping through the copy of the speech that was such a, a controversial State of the Union speech from the new president. And then that moment in the cabinet room where uh, he was pushing back on their agenda and she just got up, everyone else sat there, she pointed at him, someone took an incredible still photo, I guess uh, one of the pool produced pool photographers, and she walked out, pointed at him and walked out of a leadership meeting. Long list of accomplishments there. <laughs> Dude, really? There you go, man. So so because she got a couple of good photo ops, this is just uh, so many accomplishments to, to take down Donald Trump. Uh, please. You might as well just keep listing the outfits. <laughs> there was Remember one when time. they donned the African garb and thanked George yes. Floyd for dying? Thank you, George Floyd. <laughs> For sacrificing your life for justice. That's right. You died on purpose. You took that fentanyl. It was like your way to the cross. George, you shouldn't take for that. justice. George, you really shouldn't take that fentanyl and then go try to pass a fake $20 bill. You want to do that. My son, you will see in time why I am doing this. Yeah. For being there to call out to your mom. How, how heartbreaking was that? Call out for your mom. Well, it was real heartbreaking because he actually wasn't doing that. That was the pet name for his girlfriend. Yeah. He called her mama. But don't let that get in the way of your statement or Nancy Pelosi's accomplishments. That's yeah. what we're here to celebrate right now more than anything else. Goodness gracious. Remember that time yeah. when the, the migrants got sent to Martha's Vineyard? She said, hey, wait a second. They should be picking crops. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that wasn't even that long ago. That's right. That's your that's your accomplishment right there. Holy smokes, man. Okay. Wasn't it that long ago that and I might have been making too much out of this. Didn't she and Andrea Mitchell like disagree on something not too long ago? Just from maybe less than a month ago. That sort of thing. I think we have the audio. It's been an extraordinary session. You and the president have done so much in terms of domestic concerns, the economy. So why is this message 
Why do you think the president has gotten this message through the voters? Well, first of all, uh, let me say uh, that I think that much of what you've said I don't agree with. That is okay. to say, the New York Times poll, I think, is an outlier poll. You decide one poll, but all the others. It's polls also the real clear politics average no. is showing similar issues. No, but they. Listen, okay? So maybe the polls were right. We know how to harvest ballots, okay? We know how to win these seats. That's what it comes down to. But I take issue with your polls. God. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. Hey, Van Camp brought this. Gonna miss yeah. her. Yeah. Oh, oh, goodness. I'm sorry. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but I just want to throw something out about another very strong woman in American politics who's making the rounds again. Who? Michelle Obama. Huh. Here's the. He- I just want to read you the headline. I'm sorry, oh. but I, I just saw this and got distracted. Washington Post. Michelle Obama says Americans weren't ready for her natural black hair. Oh, my goodness. What is going on? <laughs> she was celebrated at every turn. The yes. fawning started and never stopped. It's never waned. Yeah, but... No. But wasn't she, her ready to... Ex- what? But she wanted to wear braids. But the U.S. just had, had needed some adjustment time. <laughs> Maybe you didn't have the guts. Not my fault for not having the courage. You didn't sign the ready. You didn't sign the petition that said the first lady can't wear braids. Uh, <laughs> what the hell is that? What is that about? Who knows? Everybody's got to be a victim. Yeah, God, I the know. Victim Olympics never ends. I know. What else do you want out of life, Michelle? Gosh, dang, to be president. <laughs> no, she doesn't. I'm convinced of that. She really does not want that. Well, She'd rather show up right, and do well, her life. No, right, but you've got nowhere to go but down, right? Yeah, but it, I mean, just to stay to be, relevant. To be president, yeah. But in order to be held in that high level that she's held at, you can't get into politics. Only as a person who takes shots from the outside. Goodness gracious, think of that, man. Yeah. I remember when Obama was elected, Inauguration Day. Yeah. And there were, I mean, I knew people that did certainly didn't vote for Obama but had actually made the statement, you know what? The one cool thing about this, I'm seeing something I never thought I'd see. A black president in the United States. The United States has come a long way. Do you I mean I know David, you were, you know, in college at the time. Yeah. We were doing radio, Scott. It yep. was I mean, it was a big deal. Huge. And all the things that were written at the time, how far we've come. And it really is a testament to how great this place is. Only to find out, wish I wore braids, but you racist mother effers wouldn't let me. Get over yourself! Yeah. Oh my gosh! I know. You're right, though. Victim of this, victim of that. It never ends, dude. Okay, I know we gotta move on. I would have liked to have long hair and put it in a ponytail, bro. Yeah. But, man, we're ready for it, man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Ukrainian president, still confident he didn't bomb Poland. Yeah. Well, it's all the intel, but he keeps saying it. No, that yeah. was from Russia into Poland. Is this dude trying to start World War III? What's he doing? Yeah, he is. He's trying to get everybody in on the action here. So, yeah, there's this uh, little incident that happened a couple days ago where missiles landed in Poland, killed a couple of people. Uh, in Poland, and uh, the word initially was, "Uh uh-oh, that came from Russia. Oh, no, was this an accident? Was this on purpose? Are they escalating? What's going on? And it was actually part of their defense system, the Ukrainian defense system, 
apparently that they launched the, they bombed Poland on accident. Right. I don't know if it really was an accident. I don't know. Kind of want want to know, and they're not because yeah, Zelensky immediately goes out and he's got the prepared statement, and he just says, "Oh yeah, well obviously this is an act of aggression, and the world need this is now everybody's everybody's fight. The West needs to get involved in this." And he's still saying it. Zelensky said, quote, I have no doubt this was not our missile and not our missile strike. Well, a lot of people have doubts. Yeah. You know, thanks every once in a while from that dude to be no nice. No kidding, man. I mean, Is it we, just me? We, okay. we have now spent more money on this war that we're not even technically involved in than Russia has on its own damn invasion. Wow. A, a little gratitude would be nice. And a not, little less trying to drag us into a nuclear war with Russia, dude. Not only that, you look at our border. Our border. Yeah. It's a freaking disaster. It's secure. <laughs> oh, that's right, because I've been yeah. out with COVID. I saw the clip of yeah. the Dorcas, yeah. Mayorkas, yeah. saying that again. Yes. He should have been slapped across the face the border, for general purposes. <laughs> the border just is saying secure. That. Someone should have punched him in the mouth. What did you just say? I... We need gangster freaking justice, man. Somebody (laughs) just grab him by the tie, bring him in as your fist is going into his head. Boom! It's not secure. Do you have a mental issue, Mayorkas? Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. Is there something going on Mm -hmm. that you don't understand reality? Keep saying it enough, I guess, you know. Oh, yeah, and then I I would love for the follow-up to have been, if the border is secure, why'd you you just fire the... Border Patrol chief. Why did he do that? Because the border's not secure, and everybody knows it. It's too damn secure. That's the problem. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh dang. Oh, my goodness. Okay. There's more stuff out there, too. Um, oh, real quick. And you brought this up earlier with that whole FTX scandal, yeah. the whole Ponzi scheme. So... You have a better legal mind than I, David. So do you, Scott. I don't know about that, but go ahead. So you hear the likes of Tom Brady, his soon-to-be ex-wife, Steph Curry, Larry David, others are going to be named. Are they going to have to pay? For this cryptocurrency thing going down the crapper? Yeah, I don't... And people losing billions? I don't think so because of the disclaimers that are on all the ads where it's like consult your financial advisor, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I don't know if you're a paid spokesman. I don't know if you're on the hook. I don't think generally you are on the hook for okay. being a paid spokesman if the company turns out to be a fraud. Well, they can say, well, you convince people to invest in this. Yeah, but they were paid spokespeople. They were, they were, they were, they were compensated in order to speak for the company, but they were not involved. Unless they were directly involved in the scam that was going on in the company, I don't see how they're liable. Yeah, Giselle, Giselle, Giselle's taking the marker and yeah. lined out everything about crypto in the divorce papers. <laughs> <laughs> gone, gone, gone. Don't want it. Yeah, I did see it's National Unfriend Day, so I suppose if you were a follower of Tom Brady or Steph Curry or whatever, you're going to unfriend them today, I guess. Like, hey, I bought that crap because I thought you, you were legit. It. I would never have done that if you didn't tell me to. I thought you knew what you were doing. Can't trust anybody. Man. All right. Got another news update to get to. And a college student busted for trying to sell how many guns to a cop? You got to hear this. Straight ahead.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I just love, it's like first day back after COVID. Off air, all of a sudden, nothing's going on. And the conversation will go, what happened? <laughs> yeah. How did Nevada lose that Republican seat for Senate? How did that happen? How did this happen over here? And then they, it's the John Fetterman thing. That will... That will go on. Well, for see, a that's long time. the one. That's the most mind-boggling one in my mind. It really, the is. Fetterman thing. I, I just, even if you say Oz is a was a weak candidate, I mean, even if you were to believe that, I, okay. a, a guy who can't put his sins together beat him. At the same time, I remember saying, and it took a while to get you to admit it, Scott. But David admitted it right away. If that was a Republican, and it meant that deciding. Member of the Senate, yeah, you'd vote for him. Yep, but it was the independents. But the swing vote would have to go. You had Dr. A, Oz's way, right? You had enough people to stop that from happening, and it didn't happen. It's just wild, man. It's amazing to me. Yeah, yeah, it truly is. A lot of stuff to fix. Okay, so who got busted trying to sell uh, some guns to a cop? And how many guns are we talking? Uh, a lot. A former college student who made the dean's list, actually was just slapped with a 10-year prison sentence because he admitted selling 73 guns to a cop. This guy was going to college in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and so he was buying a bunch of cheap guns, uh, you know, like cheap Rugers and whatnot, and then selling them. And sure enough, a cop apparently came around and was like, oh, yeah, I'll give you $1,000 for that $200 gun. And he said, okay, that sounds like a good deal. Well, he got busted, of course. Huh. I can just hear that conversation, though, where it's like, the cop is sitting there. He's like doing a mic check on the wire. It's like, okay, sir, so I will buy your 61 guns from you. And the guy says, no, I said I had 73 guns. Okay, right. So I will buy from you your 70 guns. 73 guns, man. Open your ears. Wow. No, 10 years, 10 years in prison. To me, it's not enough. You're, if you're running guns like that and you're trying to sell them on the street, that's attempted murder in my book. Wow. And that dude was on the dean's list. Yeah. The, Were you he, ever on the dean's list, David? Oh, hell no. Oh. <laughs> I mean, too bad. I will say I sold a lot more guns than he did, but yeah, I'm just kidding about that, by the way. If I told you I was on the dean's list, would you even believe me? Uh, well, what at the strip mall college you went to? I like to refer to it as uh, DCU. <laughs> Duck Creek University, otherwise known as the American Institute of Commerce. You're on one year radio school in you're, 1985. You're on Dean Grabarkowitz's list. <laughs> no, man, I was actually on the freaking Dean's I list. Be, first I believe semester. you. I, I believe you. you. It's the only, the only academic accomplishment of my life. And some would say it's not even that, but my mom was proud. So you can take that, put your pipe and smoke it. Oh, the certificate was printed on the back of a Golden Corral menu. <laughs> Uh, or maybe a business card. Either way, my mom was proud, so up yours. That's good. This this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, uh, biggest story of the day. Is there one? You know, there, there's just a lot of big stories out there, but not necessarily one to me that really grabs the attention. I mean, there's Nancy Pelosi saying that she's not going to seek any leadership position. Okay, that was kind of baked in. We all kind of thought that would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, you know, there's the jockeying back and forth with Trump, DeSantis, the polling that indicates that DeSantis is leading. And I'm just like, it's way too damn early for that. 
Goodness gracious. <laughs> like, come on, yes. can we at least get through 2022? Yeah. Um, Still so, trying to figure out exactly what happened last week. Yeah. That's going to take a while. You know, that autopsy is still going on. Yeah, it's gonna, it should be. Yep. All right. So, L. Robbins got his top three of the day. The trifecta and a news update. Straight up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> yeah. Different things are making me laugh. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of funny stuff. Uh, I'm coming off the COVID, but I still got a little cough. I'm not I'm not going to give you anything, Robbins. I promise. My name's Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp, and there's Scott Robbins. Yep. All right. We got the uh, Robbins trifecta to get to. Uh, news update, David Van Camp. I think this is really sad. You know, Bloomberg has this massive story out today about one of the tragic consequences of COVID lockdowns, or, you know, as Dr. Anthony Fauci would put it, collateral damage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's always going to be some collateral damage. Well, there was a hell of a lot of it. Yes, there was. Uh, As states started restricting access to medical providers, of course, online health care really took off. Maybe you experienced that with your doctor, uh, telemedicine, telehealth. But one of the companies involved is called Cerebral, where they were prescribing... Uh, they were prescribing things like antidepressants, uh, all sorts of stuff for new patients. They were taking in new patients, and it was all online. They got about half a million patients during the uh, pandemic, and it turns out a lot of people died because they weren't getting in-person care. And so nobody knew Gosh. what was really going on with them. Like It starts oh, off with this horrible story of a dude who was on antidepressants. He'd been struggling with alcoholism for years and had been going to a psychiatrist, and he kind of he fell off the wagon because he lost his job in 2020 and was binge drinking, and, the, and then he gets an account with this cerebral, and the nurse practitioner uh, just upped his dosage of antidepressants because he said he was feeling anxiety, but they didn't know that he was an alcoholic. And you're not, you really are not supposed to mix antidepressants, especially if it's a high dose with alcohol. It can really mess you up. Deep. And, well, you know, less than a month after his binge started, he killed himself. Oh, golly. Man. Um, and the thing is, uh, as they write, tools frequently employed by addiction specialists like urine tests, breathalyzer tests weren't used because, well, they're a telehealth provider. Um, even. When addictive medications were administered, no one had to go in for, you know, anything because it was basically just sign up and we'll get you your drugs. Um, And in some cases, Cerebral learned of an overdose or a death only after the patient's family member or pharmacy notified the company because they would just keep sending you emails like, hey, you're you're almost out of your drugs, whatever. There was no in-person communication when you were dealing drugs to people. And the thing is, the company itself may not be liable because they hire nurse practitioners as independent contractors. So they just facilitate Mm -hmm. the meetings, and when it comes to the licensing and whatnot, it's on the nurse practitioners to do it. But the problem was, when there were crises of drug addiction, 
depression, suicidal ideation, things like that. A lot of the people who were handling that were not licensed medical care providers. They didn't know what to do. And so we and and they don't have an accurate record of how many people may have died or suffered, you know, hospitalization because of overdose, things like yep. that. They don't have an accurate count of that um, because, again, it's not it's not they're not your doctor. They're not checking in on you. Well, and totally different story than that, but related. That is the Adderall shortage, and I bring it up because you're talking about things being prescribed to people especially that started with the telemedicine stuff. Tucker was talking about this last night. He had Dr. Mark Siegel on. Mm -hmm. And in part, I mean, talking about kids that take this stuff all the time, do you know how much prescriptions went up? The rise in the last five years is something compared to 10 years ago. And I'll tell you, and I've mentioned this on the show before, I started taking Adderall, was that 2004? Because I was told from people I work with, I think you're ADD. And I went and got tested, and yeah, okay, I'm ADD. I don't know any better. I'm like, okay, I guess this could help. It seemed to certainly keep me more focused. Yeah. You've, you've always said that, Robbins. Well, I thought it was worms. But no. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what Siegel said last right, night. I know, and, I heard and it. And I'm concerned about the fact that during the pandemic, this has gotten a lot worse. We had over, as you said, 41 million prescriptions last year, up from over 30 the year before. This is skyrocketing, and social media is involved, and, and copycatting is involved. But I'm concerned that, that doctors are being pressured to prescribe this stuff for people for just what I said, outcome analysis. In other words, you take it, you do better on a test. Does it- you know, and a lot of people do. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we should give it to you all the time. Well, no, that doesn't mean your attention deficit disorder. That's not what it means. And the last point is this. You know, there's, there's companies out there profiting off of this. One called Cerebral that the Wall Street Journal has targeted <laughs> and investigated is under federal investigation now because of telehealth, Tucker. Yeah, yeah. By the way, and I've talked about this before, I want to honestly be off of anything that I've taken over the last several years because as they've found out over time, I've, and I know I've mentioned this on the air before, but with like a sleep medication, whether that's a Lunesta or it's an Ambien, long-term effects of that are terrible. When they started prescribing it, they said, well, first of all, it's not addictive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And no long-term effects. Well, all of that's changed. But after a while, if they tell you it's not addictive, they're full of crap. It's addictive. I'm here to tell you. And so that's going to be a struggle within the next year to try to get off of that stuff. But, yeah, you guys are going to have to suffer through it. I thought you were going to do this during Christmas break. That was the initial thought. And then talking to my wife about it, she's like, you know, there is the winter season thing. What do you think about next summer? Mm Mm-hmm. And that seemed to make sense to me. Oh, I'm in it for next summer. Then we'll make a uh, we'll make a benchmark out of it. Your detox daily with Jamie Markley. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Do we have that clip of what Tucker said last night? I I had to laugh out loud. But the long term effects of amphetamine use are well documented, and they it corrodes your personality, it causes brain damage. Like I, I just can't even believe doctors would prescribe this stuff for 15 years to people, but they do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there going, "Yes, they do." You're over there like Michael Jordan. I took that personally. <laughs> no, it, it. But when you start taking it, it's not like you know what? I want to be addicted to. 
you know, freaking prescription drugs. That's mm-hmm. not the goal. The goal is to, well, be better at trying to organize things and crap like that. It's nuts, man. All right, you ready for your big three of the day, Robbins? Y- yeah. All right, let's do it. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta! Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins got three stories of the day every day at this time. Trifecta. Is he back? Has he been gone? Well, he goes with you all the time. Why is that? Hey, man, he never hangs out with me. I'm Casey Kasem. There, see? He's back. I'm ready. Okay. Doesn't work, three. Doesn't work unless you're here. <laughs> Number three, uh, the rapper and commentator Zuby uh, put together a fun list of the craziest uh, pandemic policies, and you like? Yeah, well, this we talk we talk about this stuff all the time. If you go back and you listen to some of the shows we did early on in the pandemic, or some of the things we were talking about, some of the govern government issued edicts that were going on were insane. Yes. So this Zuby guy said, hey, let's put a bunch of these together and throw them out there, particularly now. One guy said, I was told by a racetrack security to put on my mask while I was riding a racehorse. Wow, I could see that. Yeah, so he wore a mask. He I said, mean, I'm thinking about different yep. things that we saw, and yeah, I, I, as crazy as it sounds, I can uh, see it. Megan weighs in, says, in Ohio, for sports, you could still wrestle each other, but you couldn't shake hands after that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. That's one of my all-time favorites. That is that's great. You can't work in New York City indoors unvaxxed for more than 10 minutes. <laughs> that's it. 10 minutes you got to leave. Wow. If you're unvaxxed. Uh kids eating outside in the cold on the ground sitting distance from their friends. Oh. Schooled yes. for talking or playing in the winter. The policymakers of course ate lunch inside while talking to each other where it was nice and warm. It has to be the six-foot rule, since they basically just took a wild guess, modified it based on politics, and then rolled it out to the public. Remember the six-foot rule? Of course they do. Yeah, we all do, right? Yes. Wearing a mask while standing in a restaurant, but taking it off when sitting. That was another great one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still coughing. That was the... that was one of those policies when the overall like mask mandates were starting to fall. I walked into a restaurant one time with my daughter. I'm carrying her. It's hot outside. I'm and and I had to. They said, "Well, you got to wear a mask while you're waiting to be seated." And yeah. I'm like, "I'm not doing this." We turned around and walked out because it's like, no, that makes no sense. Because like five feet away from me, there's somebody eating and not wearing a with mask. No mask it makes on, no right. sense. Totally and, remember. And my all time favorite one we can all relate to is the one way aisles in the stores. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was probably my favorite was the one way aisles of the stores. The countdown doesn't stop till we reach the top. And, and the bandits yelling at you, "Hey, hey!" You're through their mask. You're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. Yeah. Scott Robbins, top three of the day, the trifecta. Two. Uh, number two. Well, conservatives took over a local school board, and they just they showed national Republicans how to do it. Well, you know, one of the one of the I guess underreported movements across the country during this election season was school board elections yeah it's true one of those in berkeley county south carolina they swore in their board members these guys were elected these people were elected last week six of whom were endorsed by the conservative activist group called moms for liberty Mm -hmm. within two hours the school board had voted to fire the district's first superintendent terminate the district's lawyer 
and get rid of critical race theory. In two hours, they got this done. Good luck to you. That's right. Get a mandate from the people. Out you go. Yep. Scott Robbins trifecta. Still counting votes in Arizona. Okay. Yep. One. Number one, uh, Candace Cameron Burr has her own network, and uh, people are mad because she's not featuring same-sex couples. Well, she said in an interview with Fox News, she said, you know, it's my network. I started this thing. She said, and it's a family-friendly network. She said, I will not be featuring same-sex couples in my films. Well, now. What's the name of the network? Great American Channel? Something like that? Uh, it was it was part of Hallmark. I'm looking for the name of it here. I can't. Well, oh, the, great Amer- the Great American Family Network. Sorry. Great American there Family Network. Yeah. Okay. All right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've heard that's that's a big controversy there because oh, yeah. she left. And some of the uh, B-list celebrities weighed in right away. Yeah. Uh, Hillary Burton Morgan, bigot. I don't remember Jesus liking hypocrites like you, Candy. But sure, make your money, honey. You ride that prejudice wave all the way to the bank. Pretty much everyone is a hypocrite in some way or another. I think Jesus loves everybody. I just have to tell you something, though. Here's what gripes me about this more than anything. She started her own network. Start one. Do it. Go out there and put your butt on the line and put your own network together and go out and try to sell it. Package it. Get it done. Until then, shut up. Well, the whole thing with that it's is... It's her money. She put the thing together. I mean, she had backing, certainly, but... The whole thing is... I mean, it's her choice of what to do. And exactly. the story she wants to tell. Right. Okay? Right. She doesn't have to include anyone. You're making up rules for her. Yeah. Okay? You, you can just let it go. But that's not how those people operate. No, they don't. And here's another thing. And if they can make a movie... Right. And then be pissed off at you because you don't want to see it. Right. And whine and moan for yeah. weeks. And call me a bigot. Like they did with whatever that movie was that came out that no one wanted to go see. Oh, bros. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Nobody cared. Yes. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you don't have to watch it either. It's amazing how that works. And there you have it. And there you go. And you know what? If it fails, it'll go away. Are you done? But it won't. Casey just wants to know. He's, he's scared of you. Yeah, today. go ahead. Okay. It's really been an honor for me. Well, about time. You skipped out three days now, bud. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> now he may not come back. <laughs> Defended him. All right, we got a news update to get to, and Nimrod's in the news straight ahead. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. The FDA has now signed off on, uh, well, for the first time, lab-grown meat. Hmm. Mike Pence tried to warn us. He did. By the way. Tasty. What does this mean going forward? Oh, it means if you're not eating mealworms and crickets for dinner, you're going to be eating uh, fake meat. You're going to be eating all of that uh, because cow farts are killing the planet and getting in Democrats' way of controlling the weather. And if you think that sounds insane, well, you're a science denier. Unbelievable. 
that was mentioning this before. Not too long ago, my wife and I purchased part of a cow. Farmer we know. The meat is so good, man. Hadn't, hadn't been sitting Holy there smokes. in the freezer section for a while. It's, yeah. Mm. Yes. Fresh meat. My wife will talk about the way it cooks. It's Everything's different. It's just good. Yeah. Been enjoying that run. Yeah. Do you want some? Do you want me to bring some in? Yes. I don't think so. <laughs> what have you ever had, ever you had me what? over I, to your place? When have you ever had me over damn. for anything? That's terrible. You kept me. <laughs> that is terrible. See what you did right there? I know. I say, well, heck yeah. I'd like to. No. Right. I'm not getting any meat. Don't even let me borrow any salon pause. Nope, buy your own. Hey, who Forget. gave you uh, COVID-19 testing strips, huh? Me. Yeah, it, worked, it backfired. I didn't realize Van Camp could have told me. It, uh, once you already have it, once you're done with the fever, you could test positive for the next two months, and then I test positive, and you didn't want me to come back. Well, you it were asking me. me a question. I don't know that. I didn't know that. I, See, I, this is how it starts. I know. I, <laughs> that night, Van Camp didn't pick me up for medical school, so he, <laughs> he went by himself. <laughs> I might bring in some of that meat. I'll, I'll probably do that. Hey, oh, we got to get to Nimrods. We got a, a couple of buttes. We got a Pennsylvania and Ohio back to back. All right, so let's roll this out. Do it. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Starts Pennsylvania, a couple of guys, she's mugged this woman, take her keys, steal her car. The police track it down a few hours later. Carjackers ran off before they could, uh, you know, be identified. Victim gets back in the car and noticed something strange. Computer's car notified her a device had been connected via Bluetooth, and it was called Daryl's iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Coming for you, Daryl. Idiot. Oh, yeah, in Ohio, vandals freed more than 10,000 minks from a farm in Ohio. But then they got hit running across the street, oh. and now you got to plow, get them off, and that's Nimrods in the news. Coach for everybody.